Welcome to How to Be a Human Being in the World, the podcast that showcases the strength, resilience, and humanity in all of us and provides a space where you can embrace the messy parts of life. We've all got them and unapologetically be more of who you really are. I'm your host, Dr. Kathleen Young. I'm a psychiatrist, certified life coach, and I'm also a human, just like you. Pull up a seat as we bear witness to the healing, connection, and inspiration that comes from the stories of our lives. Welcome back to How to Be a Human Being in the World. I spent this past Saturday, it's Monday, as I'm recording this. So I spent I spent this past Saturday afternoon at an event in Newark for Black History Month. It was an alumni event that I had planned with the help of another alumni board member. I'm on my college's alumni board. And it it, it turned out really well. You know, the food was tasty. We went to a tapas restaurant. So there were options for all. Uh, so the one thing that's great about a tapas restaurant is you can order a whole bunch of different things and then, you know, everybody can find something that they like. So we were at a tapas restaurant. There were great options. It was good sangria. Not the best sangria I've ever had, but but good, you know, solid. And the service was excellent. And our speaker who was a classmate of mine in college was engaging. You know, there were a lot of great minds in the room. And we had a really nice discussion about education, specifically as it pertains to Black students, since this was for Black History Month. But education in general, and I didn't know this, but apparently the literacy rates in this country are declining. So we talked about that too, and sprinkled in with some discussion about legacy and how we create a legacy, and then money and finance more broadly in the Black community in general, not specific. I think when people think about the Black community, oftentimes it there is a connotation of it being like an under, underserved community. It's an underrepresented community, for sure. But there is a range of who that includes. And so we talked about things a little more broadly in that way. So we'll see what comes out of this event. You know, it's always nice to be part of these discussions, but I think I'm a person who'd like to see a little more action flow from the persistent from the discussion and the participants. So we have work to do in terms of figuring out how to take that next step, but I'm optimistic. And the reason I'm thinking and talking about this event here on the podcast is really twofold. You know, I was kind of, I mean, I organize this event. I do this one event every year. And so it was like my event. And, you know, when when we got closer to it in the last week or so, I was really kind of dreading going which has been, unfortunately, my default way of thinking the past few weeks. You know, anytime I have to go and do things that require me to walk longer distances, I get anxious. I get anxious about being in pain, how much walking I'll have to do, what I'll do if I can't or if it hurts too much, do I need my crutches, on and on and on. And I think essentially I have anxiety and wonder, like, will I be okay? Like, that's what's underneath this is this idea of like, whether or not I'll be okay. And at the, I think at this point, I'm, I'm probably fine. You know, I am walking again without crutches. But I still do a lot of planning in my head before I leave the house every single time. <laughs> so I wasn't looking forward to this event in the way that I normally would be. Or at least I had very mixed feelings about it. You know, I love going to my college alumni events because I always see old friends and reconnect with people. 
particularly the events focused on Black alumni, you know, I always have a good time at those events because people show up. And, you know, in particular, people who are in the class years around mine, so it's people I know. And I can't really even think of a time when I didn't enjoy one of these events. But as much as I was looking forward to attending the event last weekend, it also felt like a lot of planning and effort, which put a little bit of a damper on my excitement about it. You know, in the end, it was fine. All of it. It all worked out. The speaker who I mentioned was a classmate of mine in college. He's a cherished friend of mine and friend to everyone, really. Everybody has positive feelings about this particular person. Um, he was amazing. You know, he's really done great things professionally and he kept us all engaged. And there were some great questions from the audience. You know, there was a lot of thought-provoking, I'll say, or maybe even at times provocative discussion about where we're headed in this country, which was which was like nice and enjoyable. You know, I don't have too many opportunities to have these types of conversations. Um, so it was really nice to be a part of this. And I saw people I haven't seen in ages. And when I say a part of it, it's like I, I don't, you know, I talk to friends individually, but I love being in a group of critical thinkers and having these sort of like deep discussions. So anyway, that was wonderful. I saw people I haven't seen in ages. I saw a friend I don't know that I've even seen since college. I've talked to her on the phone. Um, and we did a podcast episode together, but I don't know the last time I saw her in person. And, you know, and ultimately I managed it physically. You know, I was able to go and figure it out and it all worked out and I had fun. And I'm telling you this story because that dread of events, that dread leading up to events is so common for me and my clients. And I suspect it may be true for some of you listening too. I know how all too well how easy it is to talk myself out of plans. As I mentioned, I was like, you know, a few days before the event, I texted somebody else and was like, I don't want to go. And I just am so irritable and blah, blah, blah. So I know how easy it is to talk myself out of plans, especially plans that happen on Friday nights. I've said this before. Friday is the worst, but it seems to be a time when some people want to get together. And I have all the reasons. It's too far away. I'm too tired. I have too much to do. I don't have enough time to relax. I don't have the time for this. But way more often than not, when I push myself to go to these kinds of things, it's worth it. You know, it's always worth it, actually, you know, in some way or another. But even still, every time my brain has a million reasons why I should just stay home. And yours does too, which is why I'm doing this. <laughs> they're reasons that feel very true and very important, but they're not. And especially for those of you who want to feel closer and more connected to your friends. And I recently had a friend who said that like talking about connection and feeling connected is very nebulous. And so we were discussing ways to make that more specific and helpful for people so that they can create a connectedness. And so more to come on that. But anyway, if you for those of you who want to feel closer and more connected to your friends and to other people in your life, you know, you have to show up. <laughs> you really do. You have to show up at things. You have to push yourself to just go even when you don't want to and to not make a million excuses. And because I did that, I now have plans or at least tentative plans with two or three people that I saw there in the coming weeks just because I showed up. And that's how it works. That is exactly how it works. I promise. The more you show up, the more plans you will have and the more relationships you will build. 
And like I said, this was twofold. The second part of this, the second reason I'm telling this story is that I also want to take a moment to discuss the process of reconnecting with old friends. You know, I think that I um, did an episode like maybe you don't need all new friends. And I, I touched on this a little bit, but I think I really touched on more this idea that there are people around you who could become your friends and you don't have to like go looking for and searching for new people, but really like building relationships with people who are always present, already present in your life. And it's just similar to some extent. You know, it feels so dramatic to even call it a process of reconnecting with old friends because I it's much easier to do it than you'd think. But it's still important to talk about because I find that so many of my clients and friends and people I know mistakenly believe that they need to make all new friends wherever they are when they already have people in their lives who love them and are their friends. You know, they have friends. The real problem is that it's easy to drift apart from friends when we don't make plans frequently or our lives change. I did a an Instagram live on this, this idea that like in order to build a relationship and I think in order to maintain a relationship and keep it close, you have to put the time in. You have to spend the time and make the effort and concentrated time. And so it's easy to drift apart. You know, our lives change, people get married, they have children, they take a demanding job, they move to a different place. And so, you know, when as these things happen, we make less and less of an effort to stay connected. And then we take for granted that we will hear um, from our friends or we'll hear about it, you know, if and when something major happens in our friends' lives. And so then we just don't talk very often. We don't stay Close. I had a friend tell me that, you know, she talked about this idea of PRN, you know, as needed friendships and, and communication and then, you know, feeling really guilty when something major happens to one of her friends and she didn't know because she hasn't stayed in touch. And so in order to have close friendships, you have to put the time in and stay in touch. And maintaining connections takes effort. It takes some effort. You know, but it's effort. I believe it's ultimately worth it because there's something nice and comforting about reconnecting with someone who already knows you and who you already know. You don't have to establish common ground in the same way. Like when I ran into people I haven't seen in 10 years or 15 or 20, you know, at this event over the weekend, we could kind of pick up where we left off in some ways because I know these people. They know me. And so there's something really refreshing about that that feels really good. And so, you know, I know you probably can't keep in close contact with everyone that you want to stay close to. And, you know, realistically, you will drift apart from some people. But putting the effort in with even just a few people will be a game changer in this area. You will feel more connected. You know, what I've found from my work is that it can feel easier, I think, somehow for some, even though it really isn't <laughs> for most people. It can feel easier to just go and find new people to be friends with. You know, it's like, for some reason, I, I don't know if it's that people don't want to look back, you know, backwards in their lives or, you know, go, you know, reach out to someone that they haven't been in touch with or they haven't made an effort. And so then they're like, I got to just go find new friends, I, you know, or something. I'm not quite sure. So, you know, maybe I will eventually pull my friends and see what they have to say. You know, this issue of wanting to find new people versus reconnecting with existing ones. I mean, maybe people feel like they've grown and or outgrown 
their past friendships. You know, sometimes it has to do with proximity. You move to a new place and or your friends move away and it feels like no one is around, but that's often not the case, right? And you can still feel connected by just calling friends on the phone or reconnecting with friends, even if they don't live where you live. And I recently found that I still have a lot of people around me, you know, who are close enough by. They may not be next door and it may not always be convenient to see them, but they're close enough um, and around who I really like, you know. And that was really nice for me to realize that, like, I could establish closer friendships with people who live nearby who I wasn't as close with before, you know? And I understand that I live in a large metropolitan area, so there are more people around. But before you tell yourself (laughs) that somehow I am a special snowflake or outlier and that this can't be true for you too, I want to challenge you to think about who you know and when was the last time you spoke to them. And then put the time and effort into building a closer relationship with those people, the people that you already know. Reach out to them. You know, I don't know about you, but I avoid phone calls a lot of the time when people call me. I'm the worst. I I really hate calling people back because I don't want to have to to like always give the backstory of my life and do all the catching up with someone I haven't talked to in a while. You know, it feels like it's going to take a long time. And and then I have to find just the right time to call that person back so I have enough time to talk to them. And it just, it's just, and then, you know, I hate scheduling. So it becomes like a whole thing that I want to avoid. And I have certain friends. I have a few friends that I talk to a lot. And so I can just call them for a few minutes with some sort of like non sequitur thing. And, you know, they get it. And I don't have to talk to them for more than like five minutes at a time. So I tend to avoid returning phone calls when I think it's going to be a long time and time consuming. And it's something I'm working on, you know, how to find a way to make it less time consuming or to change my thoughts about it or something. Right. And so I just put it out there because I wanted to, to let you know, I get it. I get it. There's like there are barriers that I create that may be artificial. And there's probably some people who love to catch up with people, but I don't like that. <laughs> So for now, what I've come up with is the idea that the more effort I make to stay in touch with people on the front end, you know, like returning those calls, catching up, you know, the less I have to do in the long run, right? Because then the next time I talk to them, if I make an effort to make it sooner rather than later, then I don't have to do the full catch up about the last year or two of my life. And as with anything, I want to say change requires some discomfort, So when we want things to be different in our life, we always have to do something different, and that sometimes requires some discomfort. So putting the effort in now to reconnect, build, catch up, build the relationships will likely pay off later. And even if you only speak to someone once a month or every other month, there's less catching up to do than you would if you haven't talked to them for six months or a year every time you catch up, which unfortunately can happen very easily. I know it well. And, you know, I say all this because um, I want to kind of underscore that a huge component of this resistance or what makes it feel hard is our mindset. It's the story that we tell. For me, it's the story I tell myself about the experience of catching up with friends. You know, I get very caught up in the belief that it's going to take a long time, that it's going to be hard, that I don't have the energy. But it doesn't have to be any of those things at all. You know, like I could just reach out and say hi to a friend. I could just send a text or an email or whatever to start a conversation and then do catching up in spurts. And you can do that too. So this really isn't one way of doing it, but 
at least for me, I get trapped in this idea that like it has to, I have to return the call and I have to talk to them for a really long time and I have to tell them all what I'm doing and then I have to hear what they're doing. And so I just avoid it. But you don't have to do it that way. And you can set aside, you know, you could set a time limit for the call if it feels overwhelming and you want to avoid it. And then you could resume it at another time, you know. And most of the time, what I find is that I feel more connected just by making contact. You know, so just by sending the text, reaching out, I feel more connected. And the other person will appreciate being thought of and they may feel more connected to you too. So I want to emphasize that the time you spend on the phone catching up will result in you feeling more connected. You don't just have to spend time with friends in person to feel satisfied with your friendships. I just, I think that's a myth. I mean, of course, it's nice to be able to do things in person and make plans, but you can feel more connected first by talking to people, just talking to people, and then spend the time building like more in-person interactions and local friendships. You could also make plans to meet up with your long distance friends more often. Like one of the people I met over the weekend, she's not long distance, but she probably lives like 40 minutes away or 45 minutes away. And so I am going to go meet her for lunch, you know, so you can make plans sometime. I don't know when it's to meet up with long distance friends more often. You could invite them to visit you. I don't often do this, you know, and I, I know a lot of people don't think to just invite people to visit you. You know, there doesn't have to be like a special occasion or a reason. Just invite them to come hang out, you know, and maybe that's because it feels like a lot of time to commit. Like if I have someone come visit me overnight or for the weekend, um, it feels like, you know, a a big ask of them and a, a, a heavy lift for me. But I think there are ways to make it easier, you know, meet your friend halfway or have them visit and then like do a lot of things you would do on the weekend, you know, agree in advance on what you're going to do. So they know, but it doesn't have to throw you off your routine too much. You know, you can go run errands during the day or take your kids to their sports, sporting events, and then make plans for dinner or some other alone time. You know, you want to talk about that in advance so your friend knows what to expect. But I think sometimes we put more into it, like that we make it bigger than it has to be. You know, I'm reading this book and, you know, one of the things she suggests is like, you know, just doing errands with friends, like, or or household chores, having people over while you're doing your laundry and those kinds of things so you guys can talk and be together. But it doesn't have to take away from getting things done. And I think there is some value in that because sometimes we just want to be together, right? So that's what I would say. Reach out to your friends, say hello, make plans, invite them to see you, go see them, make an effort to go see your friends, show up at events, especially alumni events, because these are people you used to know. You never know who will be there. They'll be old friends and new friends. Or do other things that you used to do that you might have stopped doing. You'll probably run into people you know at these things that you used to do. Bottom line, it may feel like you don't know where to start in order to reconnect with old friends or that it's too hard, but it doesn't have to be. Just pick something. Just start there. Reach out. Send a text. Get the ball rolling. It may end up being a lot easier than you think. Okay? So stop making excuses (laughs) for why you're not getting together, why you don't want to hang out, why you need to be flaky and cancel plans. I say this from experience. And reconnect, make an effort to reconnect with old friends. They'll be really happy to hear from you. I promise. You know, they really will. And I, I always forget who's around, but, you know, sometimes... 
just thinking about who's around and then reaching out to them is going to, you know, it's going to, it can yield you a lot in return. That's all I have for this week. I will talk to you next time. Are you ready to have the life you actually want instead of the life you think you should want? Or maybe you just want to start having more fun. Either way, I can help. Head on over to my website, www.drkathleenyoungcoaching.com. That's Kathleen with a K dot com. Or you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Kathleen Young dot coaching. You can sign up for a free consultation on my website and we can talk about the life you want to create and see whether group or one-on-one life coaching is right for you. Midlife doesn't have to be a crisis. It's never too late to create the rest of your story. Thanks for listening to this episode and see you next time.